everybody. I'm about to kick off season five with uh, Kurt Cooper. Uh, so before I get to that, I did want to let you all know that we have a new Bible study that is out. It is entitled Church 101, and it is written by Linda Oliver, uh, who works at First Pres Rome, Georgia. Uh, it, it is a 12-week study on kind of basic ecclesiology, just what is the church, why is the church important. And so that is a free download if you go to rwam.org and you go to the resource tab, you'll see Bible studies and you can go there and you can download that. Uh, we've started to have a form at the beginning of our Bible studies just to know who's using it and, and which churches, but we're not giving your information away or anything like that. So it is a completely free Bible study. I think we have... Now, I think it's five studies that are free uh, downloads, 12-week Bible studies, and we're continuing to add to that. We're in the process of working on another one as well. But be sure to check that out at rym.org. Here's my interview with Kurt. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Today, I have someone who is no stranger to the RYM podcast world, and it is Reverend Kurt Cooper. Kurt, welcome. Hi. You thought <laughs> you thought I was only on one podcast. I'm coming in all of your podcasts, RYM. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's funny, Kurt, as I was thinking about, okay, season five beginning um, you were the very first episode of the local youth worker. People want to go all the way back to, I think it's episode 001. I think that's kind of how we uh, started. Uh, but that's when we were breaking up the podcast into five podcasts. And so episodes one through five, I was talking with Kurt. And we were we were at Laguna Beach, and there was a horrible storm outside. And I think there was like thunder in the background. Do you remember that? Yeah, typically there is thunder with storms, John. <laughs> Not always, yes. Kurt. Not always. <laughs> um, but, but you know, as we, you came on the local youth worker somewhat consistently, and then as we launched uh, Parenting Today, you know, I haven't had you back on. And so I thought, you know what, I'll have Kurt back on, um, and you can kind of help set up season five of the local youth worker. So are you, are you up for that? Uh, sure, I am. I'm, 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 I'm happy to be here. As always, John, you're basically like my boss. You just tell me what we're going to talk about, and I just, you know, I just say yes, sir, and we talk about it. So yeah, which, which everyone knows, anyone who listens to the podcast at all knows that really, Kurt is my boss because he's on the board, and he always says, "Well, that doesn't really mean anything. He has zero power, all that kind of stuff." But uh, he does make decisions, and he's on the board, so uh, he is more my boss than I'm his. I don't know about that. Uh, all right, John. Well, this is your, this is your podcast. Yeah. So, uh, right. this is not, this is not our, this is not our podcast. They're actually all your podcast, but this is officially not. So I'm going to let you take the lead and explain what we're doing here. And I am, you know, ready to jump in whenever you want. All right. Sounds good. Um, so uh, as we typically uh, let people in kind of some behind the scenes on parenting today and a little less so on the local youth worker, just letting people know behind the scenes, honestly, uh, one of the most challenging aspects of a podcast, at least from my perspective, is coming up with content and, and trying to determine, okay, which uh, what what's going to serve the listeners best? And, you know, we want to serve the local church. And um, as we're thinking specifically about 
youth workers in a local church on this podcast, you know, what's going to be most helpful. Um, and so as I thought about this podcast, I was kind of, you know, looking at the calendar saying, okay, as I shared on the update last week, for those of you who listen, we have episode 300 coming up soon. And so this will kind of be like a mini series since this is episode 292, we'll go all the way to 299. And, uh, just in that section, we'll focus on relationships and ministry. Um, we know as we've talked about on parenting today and, and elsewhere, we, we are created in the image of a triune God, father, son, and Holy spirit. And since we were created after his image, we are relational creatures. We're designed and created to be in relationship and, uh, as we think about ministry in a local church, obviously um, relationships are a vital part of uh, of ministry. And oftentimes it seems like, you know, in youth ministry, uh, that is kind of one of the primary aspects of it. That is highly relational, even though I would say, you know, all ministry is, is relational. It has to be. But, Kurt, you know, we're going to zoom in on some of those uh, specific relationships. Uh, I want us to to look at marriage. I want us to look at, you know, those who are single serving in the local church. Um, I'm hoping I can get the schedule to work out with Joe Novenson to where he can come on and maybe talk about leadership in the local church and him being a senior pastor, kind of giving perspective on working with youth workers. And um, he's also, you know, coming off sabbatical. So I kind of want him him to talk a little bit about just uh, a sabbatical as well. Um, But, you know, thinking about parents too. And so I'm going to have a, you know, couple come on and talk about their marriage and ministry. I've got a, uh, a former youth worker and a former parent who's in that ministry, was in that ministry. And so to, to talk about, get, get a parent and a youth worker on the same podcast, to kind of talk about their relational um, struggles and joys in, in ministry. Uh, so I want to, yeah, just get it relationships from a different perspective. So Kurt, we're recording. This is, this is live. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on just that direction that we're headed in? It sounds awesome. I um, I was just thinking about when you gave me the profile of what relationships, um, that are, that are involved when you're in ministry. And I was actually, I don't know, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I was just thinking about uh, your coworker relationships and how important those are, and how, uh, whether it's uh, your senior pastor, and, or the you know, the the pastoral staff where you work. Uh, whether it's the administrative staff, uh, the maintenance staff, uh, all the different people that let you, your volunteers, uh, people who you're, you know, if you have a, an assistant or someone that works under you, um, all of those relationships are so important and each one of them has their own unique challenges. And, uh, anyway, there's just a lot to unpack there, just that, mm-hmm. and not even going into uh, marriage, your your marriage, and the marriages of your students' parents, and then your students' parents and their relationship with their children. There's just there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, no, no. I think you're, you know, as you were talking about, you know, coworkers. Um, I mean, th- this was a long time ago. Uh, I went to the Barnabas Connection. I want to give a you know shout out to the Barnabas Connection. They're they're doing uh, a lot of good work and have some some friends that are kind of on the steering committee and those who go to uh, that annual conference. I wish I knew more details to kind of let people know about that. But I can remember going to this years ago, and I wish I could remember the name of the person who said it. But um, he just said, you know, as a youth worker in the local church, um, strive to to just give off the aroma of Christ 
to whomever you are interacting with, you know, whether that's, like you said, the maintenance staff, whether that's, you know, coworkers, other people who are serving in your church, but serving different areas of the ministry to always just kind of be the aroma of Christ where they're not going to kind of uh, cringe and think about, ah, we're going to have to talk to the youth worker about this issue because our ministries are overlapping, but where they kind of have the mindset of, oh, yeah, this person's easy to talk to and um, always welcoming and, uh, you know, we can, if there's any tension there to, to be able to work through that. And so kind of the, just the, those behind the scenes relationships that sometimes, you know, when you're interacting with the youth, when you're interacting with, with parents, um, we can allow those other relationships to kind of fall by the wayside and, and think they're less important. Mm. Um, but, but to me, just, you know, it's vitally important that, you know, if you're giving off this kind of youth worker um, identity to those who see you in public, but then in private, uh, it's kind of not as important. Then I mean, that's just, that says a lot about um, just our hearts and a lot about, uh, you know, our priorities being, you know, out of sync. And so, um, yeah, I think coworkers would be important, but then also, you know, thinking of marriage, uh, Kurt, um, maybe speak to that just a little bit. I know, again, just to let people know behind the scenes, I threw this on Kurt because um, I'm still trying to get some scheduling set up for the local youth worker. So he's kind of helping me frame this entire season. Um, so we're just kind of talking about uh, some of the reasons why these aspects are important. Yeah, so why is your – I mean, not every youth worker is married, but if you are married or if you're pursuing marriage, uh, why is your marriage important in your ministry? I, I – um, I think your relationship with your spouse, whether you're a, a male and, and working in ministry or a female in ministry, your relationship with your spouse is probably the most important witness to your students. It's more important than your teaching, no matter how good your teaching or bad your teaching is. Uh, it's more important than your uh, program. Uh, no matter how good or bad your program is. Uh, I had a guy in a, a church that I worked with say, uh, Kurt, we, you can fail as a youth minister, and if you succeed as a husband, we'll be okay. Uh, but you can't succeed as a youth minister if you fail as a husband. So uh, pretty important part of your relationship, you know, and that's not my opinion or even uh, conventional wisdom, although it is those things. Uh, more importantly, that's what the scriptures say, uh, is that uh, the picture of Christ relationship with his church is that of uh, of a wedding, of a marriage, of a, of a groom and a bride. And so, you know, it can be, it might, well, I guess it could be tempting to think that as long as I succeed in ministry, then everything else will take care of itself. But actually, the opposite is true, uh, that you can be a great teacher or run great programs, uh, be a great discipler, do all those things. Uh, but if you are uh, a poor spouse, uh, those it's gonna that's going to undercut and decay the foundation upon which all those other things are laid. So obviously, your marriage is really important in managing your marriage. And it's very difficult in ministry being, now look, I'm a guy, so I'm my, you know, my spouse, uh, you know, I have a wife and I'm an ordained minister too. So, and not everyone is in those situations. So I don't want to project my situation on other people, but it's hard to be married to a minister. Um, it's not exactly a walk in the park. Uh, even just the basic things like, and if I was new in ministry, I wish someone would have, uh, made this more plain to me. 
uh, when I was in uh, newer in ministry. And maybe someone did, and I just didn't have the ears to hear. But, but just a simple thing, like you will not have the same weekends that all of your peers do. Uh, you pretty much sacrifice uh, weekends. And because, you know, it's the thing about Sunday is it, it just keeps coming, you know, every seven days. So, uh, you know, and that that changes things for your spouse, right? Because your relationship and your household is uh, anchored differently than from a lot of other people. And that's not to say that people who aren't in the ministry aren't committed to the church. Uh, but uh, as one elder that I knew said, uh, the difference between he said, Kurt, the difference between us is this. He said, you uh, are paid to be good and I'm good for nothing, uh, which I, which is a great <laughs> little pun, but you know, there is a difference between being on staff. I'm, I'm actually going to have lunch with some potential interns uh, after this meeting today. Uh, and one of the things that I will tell them and I tell all of our interns is being a member of a church and being on staff of church are two totally different things. Uh, the expectations are different and that, and the, those expectations for a staff member also get foisted upon their spouse uh, and their family. I mean, how many times do we have to hear about preacher's kids or preacher's wives and the stereotypes that go along with those things. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, they are, uh, they're called to a different standard. I don't even say a higher standard, but a different standard than uh, the normal church member. And, and managing those expectations and dealing with that is a big part of your ministry, right? Uh, that you have, and you, everyone needs to be bought in on that, on that, uh, that idea, the, the husband, the wife, the children, everyone has to buy in to the idea that this is what we've centered. This is the anchor of our lives is that we're in ministry. So yeah, marriage is really important. That's a long rant and I no. probably didn't offer any insight, but yeah, it's really yeah. important. I, I would push back on that and say, you absolutely did offer a ton of insight. There were so many points. I was just kind of thinking as you were saying them that were resonating with me and wanting to jump in uh, to affirm it. I mean, all the way back to, as you said, modeling, you know, ministry to students. I mean, you have, you know, typically seventh through 12th graders, some sixth through 12th graders, like watching you interact with uh, your spouse and um, you, you are modeling a lot to them. I mean, I can think of, you know, times where my wife Ashley would come with me on trips and chaperone and, you know, there's so much chaos, so much going on and often being aware of, you know, how are students watching me, you know, now, how are they watching me interact with my wife? And, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that being vitally important, I mean, the weekends, like you said, just that's, you know, a different, uh, it's, it changes everything, you know, for your, your spouse that, you know, your weekends are, are just going to be different from, uh, the couples that you might, um, be hanging out with. And, you know, I also thought, Kurt, uh, you know, for me, there was definitely a, a level of, of paranoia. Uh, I think being on staff at a, at church that, that I became very aware of, okay, how are people perceiving me that, you know, as I walk in the church doors, there, there was kind of an expectation of, you know, I needed to be a certain way and be friendly enough and make sure that I, you know, um, acknowledged people and all that kind of stuff. Well, that kind of, I could project that onto my wife as well and be just overly cautious of how, you know, she would interact with others. And, um, even, you know, 
uh, obviously, I mean, to the point of kind of anxiety of worrying too much of uh, what others thought of us. And um, I just thought of that kind of relational tension at times uh, to be aware of. But, you know, as you said, uh, I mean, we don't want to just uh, talk about marriage. And, and obviously, we'll have different uh, podcasts that are focused on on marriage, but then also singles uh, that we know that those are in youth ministry, there are plenty out there who are listening to this who, who are not married, some who are longing to, to be married. But that, that was, a that was you know, as I had staff that was working under me and interacting with uh, staff members who, who were single, I mean, just one issue that I knew that, that came up, and, and this was something where I I'd, would often have to, you know, try to put my foot down as the, the boss, um, was for them to be consistent in taking time off time to rest that there were was time where um you know they would even say oh well you know i'm not married so i can be out late i can you know do these nights i can do these kind of extra things and you know obviously appreciated appreciated that enthusiasm that servant heart to do those things but then i also had to say okay look take time off take take breaks because this will you know this is a marathon it's not a sprint you're going to to burn out Mm. and um i just remember kind of having some of those unique interactions Well, I was just going to say that, you know, for the people who are in ministry or engaged in ministry who aren't married, uh, even whether they are are or aren't planning to be married, uh, you know, being anchored to the church, you know, and all the community that it provides, that's that's great. But the other side of that coin is, you know trying to juggle, like maybe you're trying to go on some dates and meet a potential spouse, you know, and you've got to juggle, you know, not everyone has to go on the junior high retreat every weekend, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, or go, uh, and it's, you know, that, that's a challenge. And I think sometimes, especially when you've been married for a while, I've been married for, it will be 15 years, uh, in August. And, uh, when you've been married for a while, you kind of forget what it's like to be, uh, to not be married, right? You just get used to it. Uh, just like anything, right? Um, you just get used to what you do and you forget what you didn't, what you, what's not around you or whatever. And, uh, sometimes it can be really easy for us, uh, as married people to just, uh, dismiss or diminish, uh, the importance of, uh, the social interactions, the fellowship and the community that, uh, people need to thrive. Uh, uh, it's easy for us to do that because we have this community at home that we're trying to maintain and lead and, and be a part of. And so and I, I remember specifically, uh, this is such a, this is such a rabbit trail, but let's just go for it. No, uh, you're good, I remember being, I remember being uh, single and working at a church while I was in seminary and there was, uh, I was, we were doing this big event and I was carrying some stuff in a car that my parents had just bought me, um, that I drove for 14 years. It was awesome. It was a Nissan Altima. It was fabulous. So, um, (laughs) and it, it basically, we sold it for like, I think I sold it for like a thousand dollars. That's how, that's how cheap, uh, how much I I drove it. And the people who bought it, I think that they totaled it like (laughs) in two weeks. I felt really bad um, for them. (laughs) It wasn't there. I mean, you know, 
mean, they got their money back, obviously, but it didn't, wouldn't take much to total it is what I'm saying. But it was new at the time, and I was moving some stuff. I was moving some barbecue or something, and some of the barbecue sauce, like, spilled in the trunk. And I was like, oh, I got to clean that up. Like, I, I can't leave, like, barbecue sauce in the trunk. And I remember this married minister was kind of like laughing at me and he was like, yeah, I remember when I used to care about silly stuff like that. Once you have kids <laughs> and once you're married, that kind of stuff won't be important. And I remember thinking like, Hey, <laughs> I, honestly, what I remember thinking was like, just cause your life is over doesn't mean that mine is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and let's be honest. You but, actually said that you actually said that to him, right? No, I didn't say it. I, I didn't say it. I was like, I, I, but it's very, and like, that's not that big of a deal. Right. Obviously it's somewhat of a big deal. Cause I remembered it, but I don't, I don't think anyone ever really forgets when they're made to feel unimportant or what they care about is made is diminished or um, ridiculed in any way. So an important lesson to learn. But uh, but I, I do remember uh, I do remember thinking, uh, man, when I get married and I was going to be married soon, I was like, I hope that I don't uh, do that to our students. I hope I don't uh, and our interns and the people who work with me. I hope I don't uh, forget or diminish like that what's important to them um that they're they're at a different they're at a different link in the chain um and that link is just as important as the link where i am right and uh even though i'm further along uh all the all the chains have to you know stick together in order for it to work i mean all the links have to stick together for the chain to work i hope that makes sense no it absolutely does and no that's a good point and yeah i mean i was single in ministry too as i started out um at, at a church and um you know I, I think too just some of my uh single friends now have made these comments to me of just everyone tries to set them up with somebody like in the church it's like when they're on staff at a church and they're single it's like everyone it, it feels to them like it's become the the congregants job description to make sure they set them up with somebody you know and so it's just kind of i know that can be just overwhelming a little vi- vicarious dating that's yeah. what that is it's yeah. like oh that's right <laughs> uh, to live vicariously through. yeah they, they get to so, cre- create I mean, their own i have to admit i have i have to admit that um <laughs> that i've set up former students um with people and uh it's really fun. So, but that can, I can see how, and I, you don't ever think about all the other people who are doing that when you're doing it. You're like, sure. oh, I met someone. I think that'd be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just one thing. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of like just assuming that they, this person wants your help with that, maybe ask first. Yeah. That's yeah. usually a good idea with everyone that you work with, by the way, uh, yes. and with your spouse, is it's better to ask questions than to make statements. There you go. Uh, and, uh, and, and to find out. Uh, what's going on with them. I, you know, I think about the people that I work with, um, you know, even, uh, even the people who are not directly under me that, uh, you know, we have a, we have five ordained ministers on staff that we have a pretty decent sized staff at this church. And, uh, you know, just go in to talk to Claude secretary or, or, or Patrick secretary. These are ministers in our church. And just before I ask them whatever I'm going to ask them, which is typically like, hey, what's on the calendar or is this in the bulletin or, you know, things like that, you know, just to ask about their family, not because I'm trying to manipulate them, but just because I think it's important to, you know, that everyone's uh, everyone's role at a church, congregants and uh, and staff members, that's not the entirety of their being. They have lives that they go home to. They have and. 
uh, it's great to hear about, you know, what's going on, uh, in the lives of the people that you work with and that deepens your bond with them. And I think it helps you to do ministry more effectively when Mm -hmm. you're ministering, uh, to the people that you work with just as much as to, you know, your target area, whether that's, you know, students, seniors, you know, parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now that's, yeah, a good word. And, and, you know, as you're bringing up the, the pastoral staff of the church, I mean, that's definitely another aspect we want to get into. Um, I mean, I can remember thinking, and, I, and I've said this, and I mean, this is just sincere. It's not just because it's being recorded, but um, Carl Calbercamp, the senior pastor at Pear Orchard, you know, was my boss as I was on staff and I'm probably the best leader I've ever gotten to just witness. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've said, if there's one word, what a suck up, <laughs> <laughs> I've said, Carl if it, is awesome. So I'm actually really sorry that I interrupted you right there, but you, <laughs> anyway, I couldn't help it. Um, you know, I've said to people before, if, if I could use just one word to describe him, it's consistent. Like the way you see him in the pulpit is the way he is behind the scenes, and um, and he was always available to me. That that there have been so many times. I mean, again, being in student ministry, I don't know, almost twenty years, uh, just in some capacity, I've heard plenty of horror stories from youth workers who just say that they they have zero relationship with their senior pastor, and there's no interaction, and there's no friendship, and and all this kind of stuff. And and I know that's a reality, but I would you know tell them, you know, my relationship with the senior pastor was, was awesome. That there was, if I needed to get time with uh, Carl, I could, you know, send him an email, a text, and uh, almost that week he would say, yeah, let's, let's do it. If things were just crazy busy, he'd say, okay, next week, let's be sure to, to do this. But he was always accessible. But I say that to say, right as I came on staff at a church, I just kind of thought I could just walk in his door, you know, and just kind of you know, knock on the door and interrupt whatever it was he was doing. And it took me just a little while to learn, okay, I, I can't, I can't do that. Even though he is accessible and he always made time for me, I had to realize, okay, there were, I don't know, anywhere 800 people in the congregation, just kind of give or take it sometimes a little bit more. And he's dealing with all of those people in some way, shape or form. He's dealing with his elders. He's dealing with so many other ministries in the church that I just needed to learn. Okay. Like there, there need to be boundaries in this relationship. And I had to be cautious of just kind of being so self-focused that, uh, Oh yeah, this is, this is all about me. Give me, give me your time uh, and just kind of be sensitive to those. And so just kind of whatever church context people are in who are listening out there, being aware of those kind of relational issues. Yeah. If you, if you think for a second, you know, if you have a church of, uh, our church is 1,200 members, but even if the church is only half that size, let's say that your church has 600 members, okay? So if everybody in the church has one pastoral emergency a year, that's two a day for him, for your senior pastor. That's two every day, uh, you know, I guess with, I guess it need to be like 700 people to be exact. There's 365 days in a year, but you know, that's a lot, right? If everyone complains about one thing (laughs) at the church a year, just one, you're allowed to complain about one thing. He'll hear two complaints a day. Um, if that's a lot, 
Okay. If you know, you know, because most people have more than one pastoral emergency in a year, and or a lot of people do, and a lot of people have more than one complaint in a year. And you know, one of the things that they I've worked for three different senior ministers, and uh, they had three. They all three have very different styles of personality styles and uh, leadership styles. And, uh, you know, all of them have strengths and weaknesses, you know, not surprisingly. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that it's so important, you know, and this bears repeating on the local youth worker for sure, is that I was told very early on that as an assistant pastor, as a youth minister, that one of the things that I should never do is surprise the senior minister. Um, I should never be the source of surprise for him. Um, I should let him know you can't communicate enough. There's no such thing as over communication and you can just, you know, however it is, you can just let him know what's going on. Um, don't let him get caught off guard because he has so many things. Um, his radar is full. There's blips all over it. And so, uh, you know, and that can be a challenge, right? Uh, because you don't want to assume that you can just take their time whenever, um, I, I'd laugh at the idea that you thought you could just walk into Carl's <laughs> office anytime. Well, it just shows how, yeah, what <laughs> like, an hey, idiot. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, just, how naive I was. Over here, I'm just over here working, John. Sure, I'll, I'll help you with your W two. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they just have a lot of blips on their radar, and you know, people have different. Uh, it's very easy to not want to serve your senior minister because you can view him as your boss instead of, and you, it's very easy to say, uh, it's just hard being in charge, right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it's very easy to criticize whoever is in charge. Uh, mm-hmm. I can be very critical of in all three of the men that I've served under if I wanted to be right. Um, but one thing that I've noticed is that, and over the years is that, uh, I've grown to appreciate, uh, their different gifts and abilities and what they do and how they handle it. One thing I would tell Claude, uh, who's my senior minister here at Trinity. Um, you know, one thing I tell him all the time is there might be of the if if his job has 10 aspects there might be two that I think I could do really well um but it, you know that's 20% of the job right <laughs> um the other eight aspects like and that's the thing about it's just a hard, it's a hard position and mm-hmm. uh I think it's very important to have grace and uh understanding, uh, and to not be too demanding of the people that, especially of the senior minister that you're working with. Um, and I've always had a good relationship with all three of mine. So I can't speak to people who've had like a really bad one. Mm -hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's always been, I mean, I'll, I've gotten called on the carpet multiple times by every, definitely by the first guy that I worked under and by Claude. I mean, that's shocking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't work with, uh, the second guy, Bill Bradford, who I love, but I didn't work with him for him. I didn't work with him long enough for him to have to be like, Hey, <laughs> cool it. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure it would have come. I'm sure he would have, uh, he would have had to do it too. But yeah, you know, anyway, uh, helping your senior minister is one of your primary jobs. Yeah. So. Uh, I think, I mean, one thing you said, and Kurt, we're going to start wrapping this up, but, um, surprising the senior minister. I mean, that is just some great advice. And I can remember somebody saying something like that, like similar to me of like, you know, when an issue happened, like to be sure, 
to update the senior pastor as fast as you can. And so just a story, I can remember taking students to, we did a mission trip in Colorado one time to work with this ministry called Restoration Now, um, which actually came out of Scott Lowe's uh, church out there in Fort Collins. But um, I had some students, we stayed on the campus of Colorado State University, and I just had students being, I mean, this was just kind of innocent joking around. They, they were in the, the dorm room and, you know, people were walking on the sidewalk just right outside and the students had their windows open and they would just like yell, hey, at the people and they would stop and kind of look around. They couldn't tell where it was coming from. And the students would like say, turn around, you know, and the people were looking around. No, I'm over this way. You know, and the people were just kind of could not figure out where the voice was coming mm-hmm. from. They're just messing around with people. And they kept doing something like that. Well, somebody called like the campus security and, you know, campus Mm. security pulls up with their lights going and made a big scene out of it and called the students down and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, some of our students on the trip were saying, oh, the cops got called and, you know, the story just exaggerated. And so right when I got back from that trip, I did walk into Carl's office and uh, said, hey, I just want to let you hear this story from me. Here is verbatim what happened. And he just laughed and he said, you know, that's hilarious. He said, all they're trying to do, you know, scare them. And, but he said, you know, thank you for telling me because what's going to happen is those other students from the trip get home and they tell their parents and then it's, oh, students got arrested on the trip. And, you know, that way when somebody had a complaint to come to, to Carl about that, he could kind of dis- dismiss it and say, okay, listen, here's what really happened. I know the story. So that was some good advice of just kind of relationally with your senior pastor, always being on the same page. And when there was an issue that came up, however, major, minor, go to him and be sure to, to communicate that. So Kurt, you want to say something before we close this out? Uh, only that, uh, I think there are a lot of relationships that have to be managed when you're in ministry, uh, your senior pastor, the parents that you work with, your coworkers, uh, people who work under you. Uh, there's a lot of that and that can cause a lot of a stress, it can cause, uh, you can kind of feel there can be a pressure to always be on if that's the case, right? That no matter who you're dealing with, you've got to be uh, at the top of your game. And I, I would hate for someone to walk away from this and a youth worker to walk away from this and be like, yeah, I've just got to be on my game. I've got to be ministering to everybody all the time. You know, you need to be ministered to as well. Uh, relationships are two way streets. They're mm-hmm. not one way streets. It's very easy to think of them as one way streets. You are the, especially I know people maybe even been me, um, who think like, if you do youth ministry, you're dealing with people who the faces change, but the issues never change. Right. So you have all this wisdom that you've gained over years of ministry and just years of life. And, you're constantly have to repeat yourself because, you know, there's a new face in front of you, but it's the same problem that the previous three faces had. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's this very, this is idea or this pattern that you can get into where you're just here to solve people's problems or to be this, you know, wise sage pastor. And in some instances, that's true. You are, you know, in a lot of ways, a, a youth pastor is, you know, like a sheepdog, a sheepdog, you know, leads the sheep. Um, and, uh, but, also, you need to be ministered to. And if you were to take that idea of I'm the one who does the ministering and to apply it to all these relationships that we talked about, you're probably going to end up pretty lonely and you're probably going to end up um, not really feeling uh, the community of the fellowship of believers 
uh, you're probably just going to feel like you've always got to have the answers and that would be a bad place to be. You don't have to have all the answers. Uh, Christianity is not a single player game. Uh, it's a multiplayer game and you need some people to be speaking wisdom and truth into your life. Those relationships are just as important as the ones where you're doing the discipling. Mm. That's all. Uh, yeah, that's a good word to end on. And Kurt, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and to start uh, this season five. I help kind of frame the, the theme of this this little mini series that we're planning on doing on looking at relationships and ministry. So Kurt, it's been fun getting to catch up with you and uh, I'll talk to you on the local, um, not the local youth worker on parenting today, next week. And I guess this week is when it's going to, going to air on, on Tuesday and yep. Thursday. Looking forward to it. All right, man. I'll see you then. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without